0: everybody and uh, welcome back to another exciting episode of Hollywood Knockbusters. I'm your host Jonathan Moody and I've got an awesome guest. I don't think you've been on this one before yet. Have you?
1: No, I don't think I've been on this one. I think I've been been, on horror ones.
0: Yeah, you usually do horror ones with me. Well, welcome (laughs) Chad Meisenheimer, which I know you did do do, uh, a quick review Thursday and we did Killer Mm -hmm. Bud, but that was... um, it wasn't a horror film, even though it has killer in the title. Um, I actually bought that, by the way. Oh, nice. Um, after, yeah, I had, did, it was like 15 bucks, but it was well it worth it to me. Did
1: it, did it have the DVD commenter?
0: It doesn't have anything. It's just, oh, got the, it's just bare bones, which kind of sucks. But, yeah, um, you know, I, I did meet um, uh, Danielle Harris and I told her about it and stuff. And she was just really sweet. And she actually really enjoyed that making that movie and wishes that it was a bigger success than oh yeah it was but you know i mean i think everybody wishes every movie that they do is a bigger success and that's sort of what we do here at um hollywood knockbusters we talk about movies that are sort of not as successful as the uh you know as as a lot of the other one a lot of the other movies that the people make or or whatever Mm. And um, so this is Richard Linklater's Suburbia, which not to be confused with the punk version Suburbia, which uh, a lot of people do get confused. This one has like a capital U in the middle. But <laughs> Yeah,
2: the,
1: the 1980, people confuse it with the 1984 one. Yeah. Yeah, I was because like I even told my mom, but I was like, "Hey, suburbia." She's like, "Oh, the 1984 one." I was like, "No, no, no, the '96 based on the play the adaptation <laughs> from Eric Bogosian."
0: So I'm like, "No, no, it's the play. It's the play." All right. You're the second person to call him Eric Bogosian. Is that mm-hmm. how you say his name? I always yeah. call him Eric Bogosian.
1: Well, you see, I used to call it Bogosian, but it's Bogosian. Bogosian yeah that
0: just blows my mind because i've been i mean i've been a fan of his since uh i first saw talk radio Mm -hmm. and then i don't know which one i saw first i probably saw suburbia first honestly because uh i think i saw suburbia in 96 97 when it came out Mm -hmm. and then i saw um uh talk radio in 98 99 ish you know time um so uh what is it um uh, this movie is basically, I've always kind of, I've, I've talked about this before, and uh, I confused uh, my buddy Vincent, who is uh, Kevin Smith's friend, you know, Vincent Pereira. But I, I kind of messaged him, text messaged him last night. It was just like, hey, I'm going to be doing Suburbia. Or oh, no, it was a couple nights ago. I was like, I'm doing Suburbia, which was, you know, and I always find it funny because it's sort of like Richard Linklater's Clerks. Mm-hmm. And Clerks was sort of Kevin Smith's Slacker. You yep. know, right? Like, it was inspired by Slacker in a way. Um, so it's kind of funny. It's like almost like... Full circle. You know, full circle. Yeah, for sure. And well, I think that's, that's, what, that's hilarious. What,
1: that's what's funny because I was like, even when I was making notes because I was watching it again because I was trying to rewatch because it, it's like one of my favorite one. It's one of my favorite plays. But it's also... One, I like this movie and like this and Clerks was like the two biggest influence ones when i was in my teens making movies and stuff which is kind of funny when you select it's like oh you want to do suburban i was like no way i like i i know this movie <laughs> so yeah um so big question
0: like you're an actor who would you <laughs> want to play like in Buff. the play Buff. <laughs> Buff. i actually I, saw that like i thought about yeah, that yeah i was like i was thinking okay i wonder who he's going to say because of course you know a lot of people's idea would be oh i want to play jeff because jeff's the the main character
1: because like i even auditioned for the play when i was younger like oh, in for the real area so i tried to audition for buff which is kind of funny because when i auditioned for the theater company i didn't get cast but they cast all the 30 year olds playing these
2: characters and of like, course
1: like, and i was actually age appropriate and i was just like but they hired to cast all the females age appropriately hmm. what a concept that's <laughs> kind of creepy right 30 like year olds <laughs>
0: kissing like uh, you know, 20, 17 20. year olds, that's weird no, no, no,
1: because they're, they're out of high school. They're like, uh, because the characters are like in their early 20s because they're oh, yeah, early 20s, like, okay, because yeah, they're like college dropouts. That's
0: right. I thought like, I always thought they were just like they just got out of high school or something, mm-hmm. and that's how it felt to me. But you're right, I think because like,
1: jeff because of... jeff, jeff, like, he dropped out of college. Like, that's one of the characters he drops out of care, like, out of college. His girlfriend was going to community college that's why that and she yeah exactly
0: she has that whole thing with her mm -hmm. uh professor or something Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is a sign of a good movie when really you watch the movie and you want to sort of know like you sort of want flashbacks or whatever Mm -hmm. you want to see what really happened you know and uh one of my friends was saying like they should turn suburbia into a um uh, what is it a, a tv series but mm-hmm. not call it
1: suburbia call
0: it burnfield you know burnfield well, the it, series because like there's
1: a big thing because because one eric progosian adapted it himself which he understood like he did because in the play it's in uh, a fictional town north of boston the characters top accents are very east coast in mm-hmm. the movie it's set in austin
0: well it's filmed in austin and set yeah yeah
1: burnfield yeah yeah, like it's fake city name, point. I guess. Yeah, exactly. But that's what a lot of people don't realize is that it's that's how they did it, and he had adapted that way, that way instead of East Coast because in the play it's like a Seven Eleven. Mm-hmm. So there's like is a different name and movie. Oh, and I, I didn't even I but,
0: didn't care for the whole Circle A. I was like, really, Circle A? Yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> probably so mm-hmm. they don't get sued for using Seven <laughs> Eleven
0: or Circle K. Um,
1: exactly.
0: You know, which I was like, why not just do Circle
1: K? Because we already
0: had Bill and Ted be Circle K. Guess they couldn't afford the that. I mean, they were spending all the money on uh, Sonic Youth, you know, <laughs> for the music for Sonic Youth. Um, so let's let's talk about the storyline of this movie, which was basically a bunch of friends, as you said, some were college dropouts, some were still in college and community college. One was a um, former Marine,
1: no. Marine is, like, air uh, Air like, Force person. Uh, was, a Marine, which, he Marine? was a Marine. Yeah, he was in the or the Army. Something. I think it was. Yeah, it was. I think it was a Marine though. He was a Marine yeah. who was dishonorably discharged, but we don't even know Honorably
0: that, so. discharged because he cut off his own fucking finger. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. which I thought was great. Um, you know, because I think when you hear that, it kind of starts making you wonder about Tim you know mm-hmm. like my friend Bert and I were like looking at each other and we're like I wondered like what else he would do you know mm-hmm. like and everything and then you hear later I mean it gets dark I, I oh, don't remember I do not remember it being that dark and I think the reason being is I don't I, I don't generally um, so when I would watch movies back in the day I'd watch it all the way through right mm-hmm. obviously you know, finish it up, and then when I would rewatch it, sometimes I won't rewatch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I'll just rewatch up to a point that I liked. You know, did that a lot with like Empire Records. I did that a lot with uh, a lot of my old movies, and um, this was one of them that I don't remember watching all the way through all the time. Now, I always remember an OD in it, but I don't mm-hmm. remember. I did not remember uh, the potential death of what's her name um but i but it hit me when i go i go she's alive she's alive in my head i go wait no is you know um, because i remember the limo popping up and her popping her fucking head out like that was a great (laughs) it's a great shot he like just hello you know and, and everything and that was like that was so funny um but anyway um but yeah, uh, it, it's a dark movie. Um, and so all, to go back to the story, all of them are, um, you know, t- 20-something-year-olds, early
1: 20s.
2: You know, Very Gen X.
1: Kind well, of, it, was, a, it was, was shot being Gen X, but it was like a, I always call it a Gen X comedy because a lot of people are like, oh, it's too dark to be a comedy, but it's it's pretty- That's tongue. a dark comedy. Yeah, it's pretty tongue-in-cheek where it's just like, they talk about like, oh, what are we are going to do with our lives and alienation they they live in the suburbs like oh i'm an outsider and like live in the suburbs <laughs> like what was it uh it, just the way it was that uh, it cracked me up like uh let's see, yeah, let's see. Do, 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 do. but it's just like it was surprising i forgot like the cast in it though like the supporting oh, yeah. giovanna rubisi oh, i remember um, him, in it. him i know nikki Cat was already in it steve zahn uh, Jay Spartak, I think it's pronounced
0: Bartok, if I'm right. Bartok now, my friend goes, He looks like Richard Linklater, and he kind of does look like a blonde Richard Linklater, Florida. yeah. You Florida. know, I never thought about it until he's pointed that out. Then I told my friend, I looked over, I go, Damn, you know, I'm gonna be like thinking of you know how he looks like Richard Linklater the whole day, <laughs> you know, pony, yep. you know. Um, one of my favorite characters,
1: actually. It's like, you here's so- I was like I all the characters are really good and they and I feel like they did a lot of really good justice with like the actors they cast in the movie. I think they really put up made it well thought. Right. So yeah, um and Amy Carey, was that her name?
0: hmm Um, I don't really I didn't really know her from anything. And the other girl is actually B the girl who plays BB, she's actually married to Mark Waters who did like um he did like just like heaven and mean girls and a bunch of other mm-hmm. stuff, uh, which is so funny because I was like, I was like, because I didn't know who she was either. I was like, oh man, she's really cute. Um, uh, but she's really, really thin, uh, which is wonderful for, I mean, whatever. Like, that's no, no, no shaman, you know, body shaman. You can be thin or, or big. I don't care as long as you're happy, you know. But exactly. what I'm, what, but I was like, wow, she's really thin. I almost felt like they were going kind of for like an anorexic kind of um, feel for her or something. You know, there's like more to her story. Um, all we know is that her parents kind of sent her to rehab and everything mm-hmm. because she was out of control. And then she was so mad about rehab. And I'm like, really? Like <laughs> Wow, what first world problems, you know? You get sent to rehab now, you think your mom, bo- mommy, and daddy don't love you, you know? Like, well, you see, it uh,
1: works in the story too. It goes, it kind of goes back to the whole Gen X like comedy where it was just like everything it was, it was very Gen X,
0: right? No, definitely. It was Gen X, it was, it's so funny because. Yeah, it was it was sort of like the, that was the last gasp of the Gen X people, right? Like uh, doing stuff like that, because like it was right before nineteen eighty, which would be my year that I was like I was born in eighty two, so I'm a millennial. Which, mm-hmm. um, you born know, so yeah, <laughs> for a long time I didn't think I was a millennial. I thought I was not. You know, uh, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not. I was hoping to be a Gen Xer. I was a millennial. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, the Gen Xers, you know, those are like, I mean, Giovanna Rubisi, all of them were born in like 70 something, you mm-hmm. know, so they were all, that was their, that was their thing that the whole idea is that in the 90s, especially with clerks, you know, slackers, you know, slacker, the movie slacker, you know, things like mm-hmm. that, that these people are just, you know, people are going nowhere in life, you know, mm-hmm. right. That's their, they're aimlessly wandering, and that's what this movie, <laughs> you know, yeah, and,
1: there, and there was a lot of films like that. I'm, I can't think of some of the titles off the top of my head, but there was quite a few during that time that had that, where it's just like um, that vibe and feel to it, where it was like all dialogue basically, all the wannabe clerk movies, all the wannabe slacker movies. You had a lot of those back in that time, especially between 94 and 97. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then everything but then it was like between that one and then you had everyone who wanted to be like Pulp Fiction so you had like two different indie kind of movements where it's just like oh the Gen Xer type thing and then you had Tarantino and, and their knockoffs because you also had like Reality Bites in 93 I think it was um so you had like all these different things
0: and you yeah, so had Reality like- Bites in 93 a man bites dog in like 91 mm-hmm or whatever it was, uh, you had, you know, and even Tarantino talks about it, where uh, the 90s changed because of that group of people, right? Mm -hmm. And what he talked about was how it really needs to change again right now, right? But there needs to be a group of people who get together and sort of change the way it is, right? Mm -hmm. So... Say if if they wanted to do it, say people like James Wan, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, Mike Flanagan, and all these different horror people can probably go and make indie, you know, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. comedies or indie dramas or indie whatever that end up, you know, sort of or Hollywood ones, but like, like you know, um, Richard Linklater had to do slacker. In order mm-hmm. to do Days and confused and later on do sub- sub- Suburbia, you know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's um, just like, but isn't Michael Mike, Mike Flanagan though? Isn't he like the Gen Xer though? I'm pretty. Is sure. he a Gen Xer? I think he is because he's... I'm not sure. Let's see Flanagan. Yeah, because I'm like he was born. He was. He's 44. So let's see. Was born 1978, in so he is technically so,
0: like one of the last gas Jet Xers,
1: yeah. Him and I, I want to see what James Wan is because I don't think see, James I don't think James older. Wan's
0: my age, I think he is young. Uh,
1: uh James Wan, he was born in '77. Yep, that's what that's what I'm saying. Like, these guys, like, we need someone let's... in our generation, millennials, but but there's no millennials who are, are in our age range that want to do anything it's just like they have seth rogan
0: team. seth rogan could if he seth really rogan, wanted to he has the power um jonah hill could be he yeah has the they have the power
1: but because they are the best, the Hollywood interested elite. though like exactly it's like when you're up in that ranks you know i feel like you have to be someone who's hungry and want something because well, here's
0: the problem they keep fucking up um uh james franco could have been um and i think james franco is I don't think he's a millennial. I think he's okay. a uh, Gen Xer too. Um, technically, I think he, he was born 17. in seventy nine. I want to say seventy eight. So he's a Gen Xer. But he could have. He could have at one point changed, and he was trying. I think too, because he was doing a lot of indie projects, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, you know things that he really cared about and wanted to do. Then he would do his, you know bigger name movies spider-man whatever but he would like in the back of his mind he was like richard Linklater, where he, he really cared about his indie projects a lot because that's where he had the most control over mm. things and then he did like the disaster artist which was wonderful and then he fucked up and mm. he did something stupid and got himself sort of um you know on a, on a bad list and mm. um even um uh quentin tarantino is saying it's become like mccarthyism right now sort of Mm -hmm. the same way it was but even worse um because we're we're doing it to ourselves i mean we're doing it to our our own people you know Mm -hmm. it's not like a an establishment saying you can't work here you can't do that it's like you know it's like ourselves going you can't work here you can't do that and i thought wow man like I mean, he even said the '90s was one of the best years oh, for yeah. for Hollywood and for the stuff. And I, I mean, he says that because he worked uh, mm-hmm. like that was his
1: bread and butter was the '90s. Well, there's I, a lot of people like it's like that's the thing where I always thought the '90s, the '70s. I think those were like two really good generations. I feel like as an art, like creative myself, or like as a filmmaker and a writer and actor a lot of people are saying we're going back to the 70s but i feel like we're going to the 1920s because we're coming out with new technology people are making new technology you're going to have more Mm -hmm. people where you don't need to be based in la anymore like basically film and tv is a global like (laughs) platform like you could be yeah
0: and that's not going anywhere that's not going to go anywhere anytime soon yeah and people are just going to have to sort of get used to the fact that you can make a film in your own backyard and you can make a fucking TV series with no money, you know, mm-hmm. right. All you got to do is get a, a camera and friends and you can go out and shoot a movie or a TV show, 40 minute TV shows, put them online and for free and, and, you know, people have this power and yeah. um the problem is, you know, um Hollywood doesn't, doesn't really like they it because it. Yeah, you know,
1: it's, it's it's yeah because you know
2: it's want, a corporation yeah they want they want that they money. want their money
1: and that's right thing too where it's just like I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and stuff for other filmmakers who, who make content like Adam Adams um was it Adam Simon and like I even saw a podcast listen to a podcast where Spielberg was talking about like people like oh you hate um people who don't you hate streaming and he's like no I don't hate streaming at all I wish I had streaming back in my day where filmmakers who had a hard time getting seen they have mm-hmm. an outlet now he's just like yes i want people to go see cinema and stuff but i wish i had streaming back when i was starting out because everyone i came up with certain people i came up with didn't have that outlet like tried for years and years and years to try to break in the system but his thing was just like the day and date play thing where it's just like that's the thing he doesn't like that's just old school dinosaur thinking though that's the thing uh-huh but, um, But it's just like I was having a conversation, too, with another independent filmmaker who lives in Sacramento where we're talking about like this because he's talking about trying to get an indie film movement going, too, and everything's like he's also a millennial and and he's just like tired away how the system because he doesn't like Hollywood because it's a corporate machine. It's just like, like, for example, as an actor, we go to a casting call nine out of 10 times. It's already cast. It's a corporation, so they have to put out casting notice because it's a business. So it's not like it's like any job where it's like we're hiring, but you know they're gonna that the general manager is gonna hire their niece or nephew (laughs) to work for their company. It's like it's nepotism, which I'm not knocking. It is what it is, and it's just like that's the thing about the whole nepotism article stuff. That's why I start laughing when people are complaining about that. They're like, oh that's they're making fun of our like it's it's not working hard like no it's Mm -hmm. just that they got a leg up they have a leg up for the business but once again it's like the same with this movie (laughs) that's pretty much what this movie even back to the movie this is they were still in the same situation where they're talking about that too where they're talking about oh i'm an outsider oh and alienation and and like they didn't know what they want to do with their lives so it's nope. kind of like the whole 20 something. I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, so. I mean, it's I, I really like I that's the part I really
0: like. And just like you, you know, you love the the play, right? I always mm-hmm. I always said if I'm ever gonna direct a play, it's gonna be suburbia. Um there's oh, a couple plays I would love to direct. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, of course, talk radio is up there too, uh that you know, that Eric did, but also like rumors and then you know, mm-hmm. Neil Simon's rumors and a few
1: but other have, have, have you ever heard of a um well of course you heard him because he's a filmmaker now, Kenneth Lonergan? He made some amazing plays. There's this one, it's almost like his suburbia almost in a way, called This Is Our Youth or This Is Our mm. Youth. No, I never it's, heard a, it. it's a it's a three-person role, it's set in one thing. It's brilliant. Similar situations called This Is Our, I think it's This Our Youth or something. And I remember seeing that, of course, I auditioned for that. And once again, didn't get it, of course. They're like, they want some fat, comedic, weird-looking actor doing stuff. But uh, but yeah, it's just like, look at some of Kenneth Lonergan's earlier work. And I I'm not, I grew up doing theater. like, But because I grew up in the Bay Area, I saw a lot of experimental theater and a lot of works coming into the workshopping before, with like the Broadway, Off-Broadway, things like that i had that luxury growing up so i had that i knew i wanted to make movies no matter what Mm -hmm. just was one called this is our youth and that's another brilliant like if i could actually direct a movie out of a play that'll be one of them (laughs) right
0: right um so anyway um this movie was was really good because i i definitely love the whole idea of being and and this I mean I'm in my 40s and I probably still feel the same way but um in the 20s you know you're sort of an aimless spirit um who didn't really know exactly what they wanted to do with their life you know Mm. right you're still trying to find yourself you know or whatever you're starting to try to find yourself and um and I I love Jeff because he's absolutely the the you know the epitome of Probably everything i felt like in my 20s you know uh, and it's funny like i watched the movie in my my teens and i probably didn't really understand it like i do now like it hits me on a deeper level now than it ever did but when he is you know discussing basically how you know um this world is fucked beyond belief and he, you know, and he has nothing original to say and all these different things he kind of goes through throughout the whole thing. But eventually he comes to the conclusion like he can, you know, he can do something about it, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. He finally comes to the conclusion that he's going to go and help or he's going to go with um, Suze to New York, going to join her. But he says it in the wrong way. He says, like, I'm, I might, you know, might. And she's like, I don't want a might you know, mm-hmm. like, be able to, I want somebody who's actually going to go and, you know. Yeah,
1: that's just that. And there's just, like, this really good line from the convenience store owner where he goes, what was it? Uh, let's see. Uh, Complicated or not, life moves on. Like, that's one of the best lines when he says this to Jeff character. And I was just like, that's exactly what the whole story is. It's like, he sums it up right there. And I was just like, oh, it's the cool.
0: convenience it's- store guy had all the best lines. Like, oh, yeah, he says to uh, well, well, what is it? What's his name? Uh, Buff is like, I'm gonna be going to Los Angeles, man, you know, right? And he goes, Yeah, there's a lot of convenience stores for you to hang out at over there, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, damn, <laughs> that's
1: fun fact, too. This is a fun fact, like, this is a narrative. Steve Zahn, he's actually reprising his role because he was the original. But yeah, on stage saw that. <laughs> so I was like,
0: it was him and somebody else. Uh, uh the chick
1: who played the, the wife of the convenience store. That's the, oh uh, for real. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She, like, was the, she was it,
0: good. She was definitely good.
1: Because in the play, she has more lines. Um also um the convenience store, his original name in the play was Norman. <laughs> so I figure you know, so he changed some of the names. I was like, oh okay.
0: I would feel like a company like Arrow or Screw. Shout Factory or somebody should should get in touch with uh I forgot who distributed the film Regency or whoever you know
1: Sony I think it was Sony Classics
0: Sony Classics somebody yeah, and, I
1: think it was Sony Classics
0: uh they need to, to 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 redo it as a Blu-ray and and try to put in if they ever cut out stuff that. You know, is from the play that you know.
2: Well, I think
1: it's more like Arapogosian because, like, he was trying to make it maybe a little more Hollywood. Um, Hollywood, more yeah. I feel like a little more yeah. Accessible. It feels
0: like that because it feels like he kind of doesn't take as many chances mm-hmm. as he should. Um,
2: and then so, you have
1: like they have Richard Linklater. His style is very different too, and he like he uses his normal. he he uses because he uses the same people because he collaborates for everyone and he always shoot in similar locations but that was one of the things where i knew because there's a few (laughs) things he changed or bless you and he would say you're like i which he changed still i still think it's a faithful adaptation to the play but it was just like i just thought it was kind of humorous where i was like oh okay because even if it's like a made-up city you could definitely feel it had that like Midwest feel to it, especially the right. suburbs in the Midwest, I should say. Um, but.
0: okay, so the reason it's on our um, uh, what is it? Uh, oh Jesus, that's not is that right? What I guess <laughs> so. Um, I don't know what the budget was for it. Um, I'm guessing it was a few million would be my guess Mm -hmm. if not more um the reason it's part of our of this show is because usually the box office is pretty low compared or whatever Mm -hmm. you know it's usually sort of a bomb and it says box office is 656,747 dollars that is
2: That's that's
1: pretty low
0: that's pretty low that's it's lower than that's lower than what clerks would probably made, you know, and everything. That was an independent project, so that that's pretty low, and um, and it sort of sucks because like I don't feel like this is like it became a cult hit on video, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people remember the the uh, the poster of Suburbia in the video stores that they used to work at, right? You know, and stuff, mm-hmm. but. The one with the U in the the middle, you know, and the fact that it looked, I mean, it looked like those sort of uh, what a lot like Empire Records had that same look and and you know what I mean? Like it had that and this does go along because Empire Records, I believe, was a Hollywood knockbuster we already done, you know, and Empire Records is one of those things, too, where it was sort of like that was clerks in a, a record store. This is, this is just clerks that they didn't. If they were just St. Jay and Silent Bob, you know, because mm-hmm. most of the movie, even though they do go out of the out of the convenience store stuff, they kind of leave that and go off to like get Chinese food or, mm-hmm. you know, with the <laughs> the, the lady is know,
1: like, close, close.
0: Uh, <laughs> 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 oh man, some of that stuff would not be cool today. Um, <laughs> right some of that (laughs) stuff was very especially oh my god uh tim tim was so racist um
2: he was way more
0: racist than i I I
1: remember yeah i think that's what they potentially did that too because like bogosian like he i feel like he did like everything there's a reason to everything because he's always been I always say he's always ahead of the trends, even when he was like, because like, like he's one of my fair playwrights. Like, he would do one man shows when he started out. He would do like monologues, like Spalding Gray and stuff, where he would just do one man shows because that's what he did. But, uh, but this is like one of his like his play plays. Like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, he actually could write a play, and then like that's before talk, like also talk radio and stuff like that. So it's like it's it's a. Uh, I just like his work. i like I've always been a big fan of his work and. I, feel, I really like this movie. It's just I only complain sometimes is like I feel like it could get a, a little too slow. Mm. It's like because he because Linklater always has that thing where he's just like kind of finds the interesting things in the mundane, or the tedious mundane things. Where it's just like you could see the characters walking around it was talking blocking. a lot. It, it, it felt very. It's like it felt like a filmed play basically. I,
2: I remember
0: my dad hated uh, before sun sunrise or the first mm-hmm. first one watched after my mom and he was like after the movie was done he was like that was way too much talking <laughs> and I was like don't watch Slacker don't watch Slacker you <laughs> did not like that because I was talking I mean literally
2: Slacker talking, is just
0: like one talking person talking goes to another group of people talking to another group of people talking to and and then it finally ends. You know, or whatever. I don't even remember how it ends, but it just ends. It just and said, yeah. I think it. I don't think there is even a really like rhyme or reason of the ending. There's no like, I mean, it was one of the movies that kind of broke, uh, the general mold of, you know, what is a typical, ho- like, the Hollywood type thing. There's no middle, mm-hmm. beginning, middle, and end. I mean, there is a beginning, a middle, and end, but there's no like three act structure or anything. There's mm-hmm. no. There's none of that. and It was all,
1: it was all character and dialogue driven.
0: Yeah, but it was him experimenting and mm-hmm. and trying to do something different, breaking the mold, which at that time needed to be done. And once again, that, you know, that inspired Slacker. I not Slacker, uh, Clerks. Mm-hmm. Because Kevin Smith and Vincent Pereira went to see that movie at the Angelica Theater one day and and there and he goes wait you can make a whole movie of people just talking like mm-hmm. i didn't know that was possible and he went out and he wrote clerks because that's what he knows how to do is movies about people talking and he was like i can do that and uh he did it and then you know love it or hate it because some people do not like kevin smith i love him he's mm-hmm. the one of the reasons i got in, into filmmaking you know it's because i saw mall rats and then i saw clerks and i was like you can just make stuff with your friends, like or whatever, you know. Uh, and at your own job or whatever, that's awesome. <laughs> Sadly, when I worked at like Bush Gardens or something, I wasn't gonna be able to make a movie there. You know? Oh
1: yeah, definitely. No,
2: <laughs>
0: no, yeah. but I never tried. You know, I right. never even asked, cause I would have been shot the fuck down from <laughs> the minute I I said, "Hey, can I?" Sh-? Nope.
2: Right. <laughs> uh, remember
0: the people at Disney that shot like a whole movie in Disney got away with it mm-hmm. and stuff. I forgot what it was called but they um, it went out and, they, and fucking
1: and they try to block the distribution for it too. I was like because there's like a whole lawsuit i think they did too
0: right well i mean they weren't supposed to do that you're not supposed to make a whole movie inside a theme park that you don't have the rights to (laughs) exactly you know like i remember because i live right by colonial williamsburg and i remember walking down and shooting a music video in colonial williamsburg and just with a regular camera right well, there's no like there's nobody around, whatever, you know, like no sound, whatever. It's just me filming my buddy, and this person ran up to me, nope, 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 not allowed to do that. And I was yeah, like, I Oh,
2: oops,
0: you know, <laughs> oops. Did not well, that was my I was like in high school. I didn't know mm. you know, I was I supposed to know. That was like, it would have been cool to shoot a music video with uh, you know, in Chloe Winsburg. Didn't work out that way. I'd have to get permission, and most likely um, they would say no. Um, yeah, because very much. you know yeah they would just say no because they don't want you know unless it was them commissioning you to do it mm-hmm. you know um anyway that's off topic but uh to go back and, and to kind of segue back into uh, slacker the fact that they used austin as the background base or the you know background of it of, of this burnfield place you know and they actually had um uh, was it uh, police, um, you know, cop cars that said Burnfield And you know, I thought it was a real place. I thought, oh, was this in because I know Richard Link later lives in Texas, so I was like, is this in Texas or is this supposed to be California? Where is this supposed to take place? And found out the shooting location is Austin, so I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be it's Burnfield, Texas, but it's sort of left to be like, I guess, anywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's no that's kind of the beauty of it. It, it it's like feels like it could be anywhere yeah you know
1: anything yeah
0: yeah and so i like that um i i enjoyed the actors very much like everybody uh held on to their role like nikki cat was probably my favorite you know um character just because tim just you know such an asshole you know but like he knew himself really well and he knew everybody else apparently very well you know (laughs) like he knew you know jeff he knew um parker posey's character which we didn't talk about her she's the manager of pony or publicist of pony publicist
1: yeah publicist yeah
0: but she was she was cool i liked her a lot um I've always I've always liked her whenever she pops up and stuff, you know. Oh, like
1: you no, know, she's a good actress. I ain't knock that. It's like basically it's like an indie film. What dream of the cast because they had all the top indie people because you had Giovanna Ribisi, Jay Spader, like Nicky Cat, Steve Zahn, like everyone who's in that was all pretty much even if you don't know them, they were all in the indie film scene. Mm-hmm. Like that, because they're all were there, and it's just. Like, but
0: Richard Linklater. Was of the indie film scene. Yeah, that exactly.
1: That's, that's the reason. Yeah, that, and that's what probably made it not get a big. Like- well,
0: Nikki also was in D- Dazed and Confused. Um, mm-hmm. Parker Posey was in Dazed and Confused. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which wasn't an indie film. That was a Hollywood movie. Um, I think it would have been funny to see Parker Posey, like in uh, what's that uh, um, in uh Mallrats. You know, it would have been interesting to see her. I don't know what character she would. Have, I don't think she could have I don't think I would have wanted her to play the Shannon Doherty role because I don't want anybody but Shannon Doherty. Like she was perfect. Yeah. But, that's you know.
1: what we're, yeah.
0: But mm-hmm. uh Mallrats is one of my favorite movies of all time.
1: See, that's huh. my least favorite Kevin Smith one. Really? Yeah. I was just like, I'm like, I get what he was trying to do with it. Like I saw Clarks first. Like Clerks like blew me away. Like when I saw that, I saw Clarks was Clark's it was dogma i
2: i have I saw a theory Chasing
1: amy and then i went back and i was like oh i never saw Rats. i saw it like and i went and saw it and i was like, like eh, okay like i thought it was funny i'm not bagging on it I was just like and i was saying it's like i i enjoyed his other movies i i enjoyed yeah i'm like uh and then um yeah I, I i just enjoyed kevin smith stuff and but like i like clark's 3 was like my favorite one it was in my top 10 and i got Bag on that one. <laughs> Mallrats,
0: um was the first one I saw, and I had this theory that the first one you see is generally going to be your favorite one. You know, mm-hmm. if that's how you got into whatever. Like, um, Kevin, yeah. uh, well, was Kevin Smith, but I'm like thinking also with like Tarantino. Uh, I saw Pulp Fiction before I saw Reservoir Dogs, I saw and Reservoir I still Dogs.
1: I like Reservoir Dogs better. Right, but you saw <laughs> yeah. that one first, right?
0: Yep. See. <laughs> I have this, like, theory that the first one you see you'll like better than, like, the later ones. Um, Same with me with um, uh, the Broken Lizard guys. Um, The first movie I saw was Puddle Cruiser, which is their first film that they ever made. And I watched that first. I saw that on Sundance. Then I watched Super Troopers. And ever since then, I... Ever since then, I can put Super Troopers above Puddle Cruiser. I still had that, Hmm. like love for puddle cruiser a little bit more um but i wonder if it would have changed if i'd seen super troopers first then saw puddle cruisers i think it would have been that's
1: a- that's that's what i did and i, I like super troopers better than puddle cruiser i loved it don't get me wrong i like their work but once again super troopers was my favorite out of all of them right away
0: yeah so i, I feel like mm-hmm. your first and you know kind of feeling toward those things you know, toward those people are is it becomes like your favorite in your mind or whatever and you like it more than you know whatever hmm. um like i said pulp fiction i hold higher uh but i still love reservoir dogs i don't don't get me wrong i don't you know um but uh was it um whole fiction is is just amazing to me um and then later you know all the rest of the movies are great but like um uh, but to be fair Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my favorite of all of his uh, directing movies. And True Romance is my favorite of his uh, writing, you know, stuff. I
1: I, I feel like his writing I would say like Reservoir Dogs to me. Directing, I would say uh, Jackie Brown is my favorite.
0: Jackie Brown's really good. Um, Richard Linklater, however, I want to say the first thing I ever saw of his was Slacker. As I saw... Uh, because uh, being I a saw. Kevin Smith fan, I had looked up and found out Slacker and I watched that. And then, then I because I never watched Dazed and Confused for a long mm-hmm. time. And honestly, I, okay, I might have to change my theory though, because I do like Dazed and Confused better than Slacker. Um, I just think it's more fun, you know? I think Slacker is one of those movies that I want to listen to, like the commentary and mm-hmm. hear how he did it and stuff. There's a great c- criterion. Uh, disc for both movies you know um by the way um i believe dazed and confused is on 4k now so if you want to want to i don't the problem is i don't have any interest in buying it on 4k because i'm like uh do i really need dazed and confused on 4k like it's not really a a film in my my opinion that that like has the the best cinematography or something you know you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i i feel like it's kind of a bunch of people just talking and i don't think it's going to
1: yeah things are going to pop no and go exactly
0: you know so i don't know um suburbia i just want a blu-ray or dvd even they've never released a dvd of uh suburbia by the way it's only released a vhs really yeah it's kind of sad. The the copy I have of Suburbia is actually from Amazon. I think I bought it for like 8 bucks on Amazon or something, you know. So um made me happy to to watch it there and have it for as long as it's on Amazon, you know. <laughs> huh. As long as Amazon exists uh, and and doesn't take that doesn't take it down, you know. Yeah, that, um,
1: that's, that's so weird because I feel like I've seen it on DVD. I don't think so. Unless it was like some bootleg version. It's probably some bootleg version, <laughs> which yeah. there are
0: probably some out there. But no, I don't...
1: You know, no, actually, I think about because the first first time I saw it was VHS because it was like 97 mm-hmm. I saw it the first time. and then... I didn't get
0: a DVD player till 98, you know, or so. Yeah, I think it was.
1: I, I had always VHS to like what, 2000.
0: What was your first DVD that first, you ever watched? First DVD I
1: ever watched. Um It was an Asylum movie, I think. What? Uh, what what year was, was this? It was where am I? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think like off the top of my head because dvds came out in
0: 97 98 yeah you
1: know. but i was like because we didn't get a dvd player to like maybe 99 2000 i don't,
0: I don't think asylum was really doing stuff till really 2000 unless
1: it was like what's that what was that hollywood video thing they did a Hollywood video store when they did the when did they do those movies i see
0: they did a movie. Uh was David Michael Latt did a movie called uh, Jane White is sick and twisted. Which I was a huge um, fan of.
1: What's his name? I still
0: think that David Michael Latt should direct more movies.
1: Oh yeah. I'm trying to think Art House.
0: You know, I might tweet him that at some point. Him and Paul
1: Bales need to fucking direct more movies. Oh, I definitely want to see Bales do another one because that'd be interesting. God, I can't even think of the Chris this Was it Chris Hart see there chris let's see Trying to think of the movie because it wasn't like it was like an independent film it wasn't like anything big uh what was that damn movie he did let's see sorry i'm trying you can keep talking i'm trying to figure out what movie (laughs) it was i'm like i'm like confused i'm like what was that movie he did is it that one Cause I'm not I, sure. Cuz I know the video store was it was Hollywood Video stores that when when they started doing all that
2: um
0: the first okay I'll tell you mine my first movie that I ever rented you know and watched on my on the new DVD cuz we bought the DVD player my my dad bought a DVD player when I was a kid or uh, whatever in my high school right and I went to the video store and I rented um Detroit Rock City oh nice and years later i got to interview the the director adam um Drifkin. and uh oh, okay. yeah so it was really funny that i didn't know like you know it's funny when i was like a young lad you know i i was not the type of guy that was thinking oh man it's gonna be awesome when i know all these people you know that i watched you know i'll watch this movie i'm gonna gonna meet this guy, you know like i had no idea you know But I've been so blessed in this, you know, doing my interviews and stuff. That I've interviewed some of the people that I've admired the most, like like Adam Rifkin or Christine Lakin who's in Step by Step, things like that. Had a huge crush on. Um, all right. You think about it later. You think about it later. Uh, we need to move on. Right. I'm talk more about suburbia. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um. So. Okay, to go back to, um, so Steve Zahn uh, played the role on in the play, and then ends up and ends up doing ends up. I mean, he's such. My friend was pointing out to me like he has never seen Steve Zahn play such an asshole before. Yeah. You know, really? Yeah, and I was trying to think like I mean he's played like doofuses, you know. He's oh, never played what, like, like why,
1: oh, have you seen the season of white season? No, season one of the White Lotus.
0: Oh, was he in season one of White Lotus?
1: Yeah. Oh, I gotta see that. I love Mike White. I mean, he's, like, he's, he's not, like, but I I thought his character was an asshole. Everyone's like, oh, no, he's just gullible. Like, no. Like, Steve Zahn like, quite a few characters. Because, like, he was, like, one of the character actors I wanted to be like. I was like, I want to be like Steve Zahn. Like, 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 I never, like, Because everyone's like, "Oh, be like Philip Seymour Hoffman or John C. Riley or da da da." I'm like, "No, you guys are picking fat guy characters." I'm like, "What the hell?" I'm like, (laughs) "Oh, is that what your
0: agents are saying?" Basically, yeah. Yeah. I I was just like, "They're like, oh, be Chris Farley, be uh, you
1: know, be John
0: Candy." You know,
1: exactly. No, I I even I got that even when I was in my like early twenties and stuff. Like, people are like, "Oh." be that type of character oh like people are always like I, i'm like why are you guys like john belushi and stuff like that i was then i was just like what why Like that's not how i what i gravitate towards because i was a big dude i was just like <laughs> there's a reason so it's like <laughs> that's kind of like, rude <laughs> no not just that no because like the, even when i was um, in acting school because i graduated let's say i graduated high school at 15 i went to this acting school after the college, I did college and two years at community college Went to an acting conservatory at 17, almost 18. I graduated at that at 19, almost 19. And my instructors would say this, that they're like, like even my own instructors, like the professors in the group, like, well, you're not very commercial looking. Um, we don't see you doing commercials, maybe character roles on theater and stuff like oh, that. Oh, Jesus. I was, like, I was like, fuck that. That's why I was I already wanted to be a director anyway. So I was sudden, I'm like, 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 just make what? your own fucking movie exactly. and cast yourself.
0: Be uh, Vin Diesel, <laughs> right? <laughs> you no, know, um, that's who I gravitate toward. Vin Diesel,
1: Vin you know. Diesel, but oh, shave my head like oh, marking out, <laughs> and he like, "Family is the best."
2: <laughs>
1: right, fam, you're my fam.
2: <laughs> right, but fam, no. you're my fam.
1: <laughs> but no, I'm like, but this movie, I like, I said, I really liked it. I was just like, I. It was funny because like i said i was re-watching it i was just like because i watched it quite a few times because like i said i love the play i always wanted to do the play and i actually watched it before when i was doing the like audition for play in my early 20s and mm-hmm. i watched the movie again and i was like oh okay just probably i don't recommend actors doing that. don't watch movies before you audition but that's just <laughs> how i look at it where i was just like well
0: oh, okay. i was told like his one of my friends was watching like lynn Shea stuff like her being in insidious and stuff mm-hmm. uh because she was gonna play a uh, she was gonna audition for a role for like a medium you know type of thing and so we we're mm-hmm. watching it. and then i i just sent that as a message to lynn and lynn was like uh don't have her do that just have her be you know do it herself like her way and i was like thinking well we're not stealing your character or nothing but <laughs> but you know i i get it i get it like as a you know an actor you know doesn't really want somebody to kind of rip them off you know oh, or exactly. whatever. they want they want people who are gonna you know come up and do it their own way and everything and that's understandable um um yeah so when i saw steve's on as i think that was the first movie I ever saw steve's on and um, honestly Um, And he's just this sort of goofy, lovable, doofus character who's, you know, just all he wants is babes and and brew and, you know, all that (laughs) shit. And then he uh, and he also has this like overactive imagination. And so when he's telling him that uh, Jeff, that he slept with, you know, the chick, he's like, no, you didn't. And he's like, uh, uh, yeah, I did, (laughs) (laughs) you know, which is funny because like, as the audience, you know, we're supposed to like be on our pins and needles going, Oh my God, where is this going to go? You know? Right. Is he going to, cause already Tim's told him that he's, that he's beat the shit out of what's her name till she wasn't breathing anymore uh erica um a mm-hmm. uh, parker posey's character beat the shit out of her and left her in the van and the van's opened up of course jeff doesn't go inside and check you mm-hmm. know cuz he's just too afraid to see what to see the body and i'm like thinking okay there's no like you got to you got to check you know yeah exactly and, and especially <laughs> like what if she was still breathing you could help her you know like the humanitarian thing to do. And um, what um, Tim was trying to prove was how gutless, you know, Jeff was. Pretty and much. Jeff's pretty freaking gutless, you know. Um, he's he's supposed to be the overall voice of suburbia, and yet he's kind of gutless, you know, of a character. I don't know. It's kind yeah. of how, how I view of it. Um, yeah,
1: pretty much how, how he was written, so.
0: Yeah, and, uh, but uh pony is the sweetest fucking rock star in the world like he he's not real you know there i I don't think there's any guy in the world that this guy that this pony you know could be modeled after you know oh
1: i'm like because because pony because like he he's almost a rock star but he's not a rock star yet because he's opening because it's like his band dream girls was like Touring was opening for our Dream club.
0: Girls, right? Dream Girls, yeah.
1: Dream. And girls. I'm like,
0: that's a weird fucking name for a bunch of dudes, right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Um, or at least a dude, like, period, in the band. Yeah. He was he working <laughs> with a bunch of girls,
1: you know? know no, but no. all right. But um, no, it's just like, but that's a thing where he he still had not like he hasn't been jaded yet, and I think that's the whole thing where he hasn't been jaded yet. Um, and every and the company pays for my limos so yeah, i have yeah. to go you know because like, like if you even, even with the story too is like you all realize all of them have some sort of jealousy that he left town he became successful and everyone well like, that's like, what
0: jeff 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 has the jealousy of that mm-hmm. um tim doesn't give a fuck uh or does
1: he you could you really could think about it almost like he doesn't give a fuck but why doesn't he give a fuck that's the thing because you could even deep dive into that where it's like okay like he just got discharged from being in the marines like he's like trying to keep that bad boy image like oh i'm cool i'm a rebel herb with his tattoo you know like that's what i'm saying where it's like that and you have best line
0: in the movie uh you know you don't watch mtv no i shot my tv
1: (laughs) <laughs> so he tries he's trying to be that rebel like no matter what you're trying to keep that image like oh i'm tough and then you're just kind of have to think about it, like why like what's the point what's his backstory well he's what's-
0: he's also an instigator like mm-hmm. you know there's jeff there's there's that idea of brotherhood you know you should stick up for your your boy instead of whatever and at one point he's like "Sue's, i think you should go you know mm-hmm. expand your horizons go go do what you love to do, you know, get out of this fucking town, you know, that kind of thing, you know? Exactly. And uh, Jeff gets really upset about that because, you know, hey, here's my here's my boy who should be backing me up, telling my girlfriend it's okay, kind of making the wedge, which is stupid because literally all, all of this whole thing um, would be, this movie, there wouldn't be a movie if he had just gone Oh, you want to go to New York? Let's go. Hmm. You know? Oh, you want to, you know, you want to go to a concert? Spend 20 bucks. Go to a concert. Have fun. But he's like a terrible boyfriend, you know? And he, it's not necessarily that, I mean, obviously he loves Suze, but he's just a terrible boyfriend. He just doesn't doesn't understand like the romantic side of, of anything, you know? Nor does he know how to handle whatever you know, yeah. anything, and uh, you know, so he's, he's. I love him to death, but he's an idiot. Um, <laughs> you know, and, because, I mean, I've, it was one of my first movies seen Giovanni Ravisi, and I absolutely love that dude. Like, I have a bunch of other indie flicks I just bought recently that I've either seen or haven't seen that he was in. Um, I think I even have one that he directed, maybe. Um, I don't know, but he's he's such he's an indie guy you're right like he's oh, yeah. he was sort of like um in fact i found out that vincent Pereira actually auditioned him for a better place the movie that he did so mm-hmm. he actually did audition to just I think he wasn't right for the role or whatever it was but uh for one of the leads you know but it would have been a different movie had he been involved with it um speaking of view Skew and kevin smith's company um now you know had jeremy sisto in that movie and that was jeff anderson's movie that he wrote and directed and jeremy sisto is the star and jeremy sisto's an indie person you know mm-hmm. sort sort of still i think i think he still does goes oh, there think, sometimes it, yeah but he's he's still like you know he was six feet under and tons of other movies and television shows um but i love i, lo- I always love getting movies with him and it too because he's such a kind of iconic um actor you yeah. know
1: because, um, like i said that was like it was just like that generation like it just had good films like a lot of good stuff like i really i don't know it's like one of my favorite decades and then this movie 90s like yeah stuff. yeah i was just like because I grew up in the '90s, all the '90 films is what inspired me. Like I knew want to make films since I was like eight, eight years old. But I saw like classic Hollywood movies, you know, like John Wayne movie, James Stewart, like Alfred Hitchcock. Psycho was the one that made me want to be a filmmaker. Right. at eight, at eight years old, because I remember my grandparents' reaction. Because my grandmother was mad at my grandfather, and I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> nice. So I always had that. I always had that instigator brain. <laughs> I want to make psycho. Yeah, it's like oh. Don't it's like cuz I know it was fake for some reason I've always just to... don't do a shot for shot remake anymore. Oh my make god. Oh, I can't stand when filmmakers do that. I really can't.
0: Well, I I, I can okay, so I understand somebody like um Gus Van Sant, I think it was, that did the <laughs> uh did the, the Psycho remake. And I can understand him maybe wanting to do Psycho because it's a iconic movie and the only way you could really remake it technically is by just doing it again your own but I mean I, I feel like it was miscast I love Vince Vaughn he is not Norman Bates mm-hmm. like he should have played the you know, the boyfriend or whatever you know that's fine but he is not Norman like you needed um I don't know if I were to cast somebody now um I don't think there's anybody right now that I would cast I mean, they had the they had the TV show, and they Mm -hmm. uh, for Bates Motel, and that was Freddie Highmore. Freddie Highmore was so good. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was he was Norman. So you would have to go that level. You'd have to find somebody who's been in stuff, you know, but isn't known yet, and you'd have Mm -hmm. to make them known. Um, Because I wasn't. I mean, before Psycho, I'd never seen seen anything uh, Anthony Perkins had done. Um, So I wasn't familiar with him. Um, that's the thing. You gotta find somebody who, you know, maybe other people were back then. You know, maybe he was a big name. I don't know, but um, you'd have to find somebody who just sort of doesn't. You you are not sure sort of where they're gonna go and everything, and so that's what you'd have to do. Um, but don't remake stuff like Cabin Fever. That was stupid. Oh my, oh why? Yeah. Like, why did they do that? Like, I don't understand it at all. Mm-mm, yeah, dumb. Like, don't yeah, I, do I, that.
1: Yeah, I had like remakes. Eli
0: Roth's dumbest decision was greed, like allowing that to happen. I would have if somebody came to me. It was, a pay- it was
1: definitely a said, payday. It was definitely a payday. I, I know, but one. like,
0: I mean, it, it was probably. I didn't even. I don't even think I watched it.
2: And, uh, and people I, I were I like, oh, how it.
0: can you judge something before you watch it? And I'm like, I don't need to watch it to know that was a dumb idea. And I don't want to watch it, Like I don't want to pay, or I don't even want to see it like for free. I don't want to whatever. Kevin
1: Fever, the original of Kevin fear was genius. It was like, was genius what he did. I'm um, just like
0: low budget, mm-hmm. very smart. Um, Eli knew exactly what he wanted and he did it. And he was able to get, you know, um, an amazing cast and crew and everything. Love that movie. Um, whoever i forgot who remade it but somebody wasn't very well known and i'm like this is the equivalent of doing a cover story or cover song cover song you know like or a fan film you know
1: i think i I might know who directed it let's see if i I can see i don't think they were big i'm I'm trying to hopefully it's not um hopefully it wasn't travis i don't think it was travis right
0: it was, yes it was Travis. Oh, Travis.
1: Yeah, why I Do
0: know you know Travis. him? Yeah. What? Like personally?
1: Uh, I'm not like super per- personally, but um yeah, we we know each other through via um social media and and once in a while cuz he lives somewhere else. He doesn't live in LA. That's not that. Well, I he uh, I
2: okay,
0: I'm going to say this. He's made original films and mm-hmm. so He's more of like a like a um special effects guy, like production designer and stuff. Like, that's what he's usually known for. Yeah, he, he did so a, like, I... he did a movie called Scavengers. You know, like he's he's made real shit. The fact that he did this just. <laughs> i just i'm sorry sorry travis if you're listening because you're friends with chad and see his thing. Yeah, on like it's, like,
1: it's like i know we're acquaintances i want to say friends like that's the thing it's like well I'm, i say facebook friends
2: facebook yeah it's Whatever. like
1: instagram because he always gives me crap because i always talk about how I'm, I'm not a big fan of like horror anthology films and stuff and he's just like why why i'm like i just
0: i mean oh. I, I i can't help but like i grew up on are you afraid of the dark so i can't i can't ever not love that shot, you know, stuff, and I make my own, so like whatever. It's,
1: it's, it's but, all, I feel like it's all overdone, overdone. That's no, right. no.
0: I mean, I think it's oversaturated now, yeah, because mm-hmm. we we got people who sometimes that's all they do is produce those movies, you know, and stuff. And it's which, not them.
1: It's not them. They pick other people to do it, and basically,
0: oh god, yeah. Uh, we could have a whole, <laughs> you know, whole another conversation about that. We're gonna right. get back to suburbia now, <laughs> right? Um. That's a whole another can of worms I do not want to open up uh, on a on a show that has nothing to do with it. Exactly. Um, so yeah, to go back to suburbia. Um, so suburbia. what was your favorite scene?
1: My favorite scene. Hmm. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, it's, it's usually involving Steve's like Steve's on, but I think, <laughs> but I feel like the real like a really good scene was when tim's in the cop car and jeff is wa- wandering in circles and the convenience store is owners talking to him smoking a cigarette because I, I always remember that one line where he goes like because he's like oh my life you don't understand life is complicated because this is just saying life is complicated and then he goes complicated or not life moves on right and i was just like that scene to me is just like perfectly sums up the whole movie um, it that, moves yes. on like you Is can't that, stop yeah. yeah you can't stop
0: it just because you come to the same convenience store every night and hang out exactly. You know, like it's gonna you know and that's the thing like they hang out at the same convenience store like in the alley and, back and there like, yeah
1: and they're not they're not like you're not high schoolers these are like they're not drug age. dealers
0: like Jane and the Bob so well like what are they right
1: you know like why do they do this like
0: why not you know like but it's it's the it's the town you know, and that's why you know Suze wants to go to New York and and uh, Buff wants to go to L.A. and um and Jeff right there he's stuck he's stuck in the middle with you you know <laughs> because to go back to Reservoir Dogs but not um, just
1: that not just that like what's funny because like I went and reviewed because I I didn't pay attention for uh, awards and stuff but the guy who played the convenience store owner he was actually nominated for Best Supporting Actor at the Indie Spirit Awards for it. But yeah, 1998, he was nominated for an Independent Spirit Award. Which, which Best, guy? The community um, star guy? Aja? Yeah, the yeah. community star guy. He was, in, uh, like he
0: was in Office, Office Space, Space. That's
1: how I know yeah Office Space, yeah. A
0: bunch of other stuff. Like He's been, you know, he's around, and he's such a, um, he's such a prolific actor, and it was great because like back then it was pre office space it was pre a lot of other stuff that he had done and this was like this is a small role for him but it was a significant role like yes
1: yeah you're right he like like the line like the line that that line like i said that line was so memorable and then even with a scene where tim is shooting off the gun and he's like oh get off get off aiming the gun at him and then his wife comes in and Throws the w- ring at him and didn't want to be married. I was just like, "It's, it's just such." Well, a I
0: actually thought I actually looked at my friend. I was like, "Wow, that escalated quickly," because it it sort of did, you know, where all of a sudden she's
1: giving the ring. I'm like, "Really?" Like just because they're arguing right now. I'm like, Good well, God!" It was, and it's just like that because if you think about like convenience stores, like there's a couple of lines. I'm trying to think.
0: Well, he didn't. He didn't. He was absolutely right. If the cops came, you know, which we never see them come after the OD, Mm -hmm. but if the cops come and she had OD'd on the roof, that's not his. That's not his problem. Like Mm -hmm. she died on the roof of his place, but like she was trespassing, Mm -hmm. you know, and everything. And if she OD'd, but the the only. The biggest problem I have with the movie, which isn't really a problem because it's not, you know, like it doesn't make or break the movie, in my opinion. But my biggest problem with the movie is that it doesn't really end. You know, there's no real. Mm -hmm. But it's sort of I think that was the point. You know, it was supposed to be a movie about these people whose lives we just sort of see like a um, bird's eye view of. We start seeing Mm -hmm. sort of. um what is it um point of view like um, yeah we see their point of view we see it from a different perspective and mm-hmm. we're looking in watching these people and and then they and then at the end it sort of just ends with something tragic happening which it could have ended with a tragedy with the gun you know we it started just getting so crazy at that mm-hmm. end you know especially with tim um probably one of my favorite scenes is tim and jeff talking uh about the situation that you know like look you didn't even check the van at all you didn't even go in there you had you know right like you couldn't even you didn't even have the guts to do that and yet you're coming at me saying i'm an asshole First, telling you something that you totally believed you know because he said something like you believe um you you want to believe every you know you want to believe in what you believe right Mm -hmm. something like that and it was so true he wanted to believe so bad that his friend was right you know Mm -hmm. that his friend was telling him the truth that he never even suspected that like tim could just be fucking with me right now you know um and so and he even said like I was thinking of possible ways to like you know make sure you don't go to jail. And he was like, Oh, that's very nice and sweet of you, but you know, <laughs> like
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right.
0: At the end of the day, Chef is this just kind of like, I don't know what, what I'm gonna do with my life. I don't know, you know, and his life is falling apart, you know. Um, he's got a girlfriend who's starting to fall in love with Neil Moynihan, aka Pony, because he is exactly what she wants right now like he's exactly what she needs which is somebody's who got his shit together and is happy you know and and um do you think that uh he helped create create that band do you think he was there for more than a couple
1: well i think he was i I think he could because i feel like he could be because you have those people where you, you live let's say for example i went to film school with people in my area where i grew up where they like oh yeah i helped create this and this and they stop they stop they get stagnant and there's always that one person that always said no i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this There's always that one person i feel like gets stuck and like no no i'm fine being here
0: you only played the harmonica though apparently well,
1: yeah but that's just like but well, that's i just thought like- that was really silly <laughs>
0: Think of all place. the instruments to have and to be proud that you were part of a band. We harmonica. harmonica.
1: <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. <sighs> but I mean, if you're listening to that guy's song, he was using a harmonica for his song. So, like, he does use harmonicas. You know, True. he just didn't need Jeff, you know, because mm-hmm. he could do it himself while playing his uh, guitar yep. and shit, I guess. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. Oh, that scene! Oh, never mind. That scene was my favorite scene. I, yeah. I the <laughs> um the scene where he's playing the songs and Jeff freaks the fuck out twice. <laughs> the first time he's like, you know, if you're the man invisible, or if we're the man invisible, what the fuck are you? And he's like, I'm an artist. You know. Well, at first he's like, I don't know. I guess I really thought about that. And I'm like, you didn't think about your own song you were writing like like i think a lot of times people even songwriters they just put words together because it you know because it sounds cool or whatever but they have no real deep meaning like people mm-hmm. are looking at you know like yeah whatever but um so he goes up and says that and then the second time he plays the song he just freaks out he's like fuck and he looks at him <laughs> and goes, if we want to You know if we want to hear you sing we would have Gone to your concert You know <laughs> right and exactly He was so pissed and he had Every right in the world to be pissed but In the end He kind of handled everything better You know like He just That and that scene where he Tells Sue's, you know um, Burger Manifesto part one is going to make people Think about what you know, and he reminds me, I hate to say it, He reminds me so much of my brother. You know? <laughs> my brother's this sort of um I don't know, this sort of uh care. you know, kind of cynical, I guess, kind of person, jaded maybe a little bit too, and everything. I'm sort of I'm very much like I don't know if I'm much like pony, um, or if I'm definitely not buff. Yeah. um i i you know i'm kind of maybe a mixture of like pony and Sue's, i guess like i i want to be seen and i want to be you know viewed but i don't want you know i but yeah I'm i'm like that optimism you know because mm-hmm. i i want to go big i want to do big things i don't want to sit on my ass In Virginia forever you know Mm -hmm. That's why I moved to California for a little bit Then I moved back but I'm like I need to get my shit together Go out there and this movie should Be inspiring people to like Mm -hmm. Get off their ass and go do shit Um, Problem is it ends On such a down note That if it tried to inspire People it really doesn't Kind of confuses people I think at the end um, Of like the message You know in my opinion Because Mm -hmm. like it ends in such like a shitty down note that you kind of forget about the message of like getting off your ass because you're like, oh shit, I just saw somebody f- possibly fucking die, you know? Right? Or, like or you could be like am or
1: I'm, look, I'm like, I'm a realist where I'm just like, I like downer. It's like, oh, if I don't get my shit together, I'll be that chick on top of the roof to bump die. That's so a, if you think that's it's a that good way point.
2: too. That's a like good point.
1: Like, when the end of it like that, it's like, you could be like, okay, you could stay be the same and die, or do go do what you want to do because life is short. You, you don't know when you're gonna die. I like that. I like that. That's the that's the message
0: I got out of it. <laughs> okay, that's that's a good message. I'll <laughs> I'll agree with that. You're like, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Cause like I'm like, cause you know, the whole thought I after I was like, wait, that's how it ended? I don't remember ending like that. And I don't remember ending like that because I think it's the, my optimism thing. I'm like I always think like these movies end on sort of a high note. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just like in the original Clerks that they
1: showed to Sundance. It, Dante died. Dies exactly. You know? Which I love that ending. I'm like they should have went with that ending. No, like, <laughs> no. I, disagree. I I I think that'd be like hella funny. Well, like, I, I, but I like darker stuff. Where I, when I write my movies, like all my movies, my like earlier movies before I now all my main characters died because I never wanted to make a sequel or anything.
0: I don't think <laughs> Brandon Halloran would have liked that because he wouldn't have had the chance to go on and, and, and be Amara. Dante and a bunch <laughs> of different other stuff. But it, no, but I mean, it's totally like right. You know, mm-hmm. like this is, is sort of, uh yeah, it's kind of a perfect thing. So Yeah,
1: because I feel like it was very Gen X ending where it's just like life sucks and boom, something happens. And you could either grow with the tragedy or not. Like, basically, it gives you a thing like, boom, someone dies. It's your choice of being stuck in that situation. That could have been you. Or go and do what you want to do.
0: Exactly. So
1: that's, that's how I look at it.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. That's, that's funny. Like, I I think we both sort of had a similar mm-hmm. idea, except it was sort of like, my idea was earlier. And your idea was sort of like, Okay, that that right there. Because the whole idea is the the message is get off your ass and go do something, exactly. you know, with it. Exactly. Zeus wants to go do that. Pony's doing that. Even Buff, Buff. has he's the idea LA. of doing the uh music video stuff. Mm-hmm. Like and he see he's taking opportunities, you know, and he's grabbing them by the balls, you know, like I mean. um fucking uh when Suze and them say, do you want to go to the Four Seasons? You know, Buff says, yeah, you know, all right. Jeff's like, no, man, I don't, you know, or he actually argued, I guess, with her, Suze. And then they decided that, you know, that they were going to split up that night You not break up. But like she was going to go there and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, they didn't break up, I don't think. But like, I just wonder if they ever did suburbia, too. You know, where would they be? Hmm. You know, like if this were like if there was a continuation of these characters, like would Jeff be with Suze or would he be with somebody else? I think he'd be with somebody else.
1: Um, or he'd probably still in town and working at the convenience store. Yeah, well,
2: the the convenience store owner
0: would not be there anymore because exactly engineering degree, yeah, unless he did get in trouble because somebody. OD'd on his roof No, I doubt that and... I, I don't think I don't think because I'm, I was looking at my friend going that that's not his fault like he has nothing to do with what she did you know exactly like he didn't give her you know stuff or whatever that's that's all her so um, now if she were drinking and she bought you know alcohol from him at his store mm-hmm. that might be a problem if he had, you
1: know no, because I think it's like no matter what, because it's um, on a business's property, they'll they'll be hold liable. I think it's I think they will because it's just like what well, well, if someone because like for example, this is twenty up. Topic: I used to work at a, a pizza place, and someone in front of the sidewalk tripped and fell onto our sidewalk, and said it was our curb, but it's not. It was the regular street curb, but they fell onto our parking lot. They sued. The pizza company and the pizza company actually paid them a settlement to take their physical therapy. That's LA for you. But this this chick literally That's tripped some bullshit. On the curb. Yeah, but the companies won't fight it because I bet she I bet she, bet she tripped, tripped on purpose. Oh, um, most definitely. Everyone we, we were there when it happened. We looked at her and it's like she tripped on the curb. And there are homeless
0: yeah. people that will jump out in front of your car so mm-hmm. that they can get hit and then sue you. Exactly. And everything. And I like look. We, I mean, I was traveling with my roommate, and we had to dodge, literally dodge, uh, homeless people and shit, and it scared the shit out of me because I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, like it's like the anti Grand Theft Auto, you know? are mm-hmm. not running exactly. people, trying
1: not to run people over. You know? Well, pretty much, and and it's like, and it's like, especially in LA, it's like that's what it was like. I'm so glad to get out of there, but yeah, no, it's just like they did all sorts of stuff where it's just like uh what was it someone oh man someone was climbing over what my part my old apartment complex's fence the to the back and fell off of it and was saying it was our fault not our but the apartment complex his Mm -hmm. fault that he fell over the fence (laughs) crazy shit wow so yeah
0: well was there anything else you wanted to discuss with this? Was there anything specific? No, that was like that. Stuff?
1: I pretty much said everything. The, ending, the I know we happened.
0: we talked a lot longer than I was expecting. This didn't go. <laughs> uh, usually this is an hour long, so um, sometimes you're like a two longer. hour,
1: two hours later, like two and yeah, a half twelve hours
0: later, yeah. where we're, we're still done.
1: talking. <laughs>
0: we're still talking about suburbia. We did our hey. This could be a commentary track for somebody who wants to watch the movie and listen to us jibber jabber, I guess. I don't know. I would love a commentary track.
1: Like, uh, yeah, I would like because I really want to see this on DVD. It's just, it's just so weird that it's not on DVD. If
0: I uh, ever got a chance to chat with Giovanni Ribisi or Nikki Cat or any of those guys, I would definitely ask a lot about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but Giovanni Rabisi's like done so much, mm-hmm. and I keep forgetting he's he was on Friends, you know, for a little bit. It's really like Phoebe's. Was a brother or something or like half brother or something? I think it was brother. Yeah, I think it was half brother or something, you know, or whatever. But he was uh such a wacky character. But he's always and he was in the new um he, I I hope that this goes up for Emmys or whatever, but the uh offer on uh Paramount Plus oh, such a great show. I don't honestly. think it
1: will because I think it already I don't think it did.
0: Oh, did the Emmys already happen?
1: Yeah, Emmys happened. Jesus. Yeah, I don't so, think it got nominated. No.
0: Hold on.
1: Yeah, because I'm even thinking that because I'm like, I think it even, I think it passed the thing. People are like bagging on it because it came out 2022. Awards. It was up for the Critic Choice Awards. Oh, maybe he didn't go to the Emmys, but it was nominated for the Critic Choice Awards this year. So it probably will be for the Emmys, but he wasn't nominated for it. It was a uh, was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in the Limited Series. Juno Temple, Matthew Good, and in the series, yeah.
0: Juno so White Lotus won, I guess, it was the winner for Outstanding Limited or Anthology Series. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to see who the like. Does it say who the um, nominees were? Uh, the I dropout, Pam and Tommy. And I think Vin- the
1: dropout. I think drop the dropout. I don't. The, the dropout didn't win, but
0: but dope sick. So I'm guessing that would be the only thing, unless there is mm-hmm. um, secession one wow fucking fucking uh squid game was nominated that's funny mm-hmm. stranger things was nominated um i honestly hope they don't win like best outstanding series or something because i i don't find this series to be dramatically well done i think the uh the special effects and stuff should and maybe even a little bit of the acting maybe but um as far as like the actual overall series, I don't think um, stranger things is, is it is a great overall series, you know, no. my opinion. Um, but I, I think it's hilarious that squid game was up there. <laughs> <laughs> and so this, I mean, this international though, like, well, I guess it was, it was Netflix. I don't know if that was whatever. So, eh. all right, oh. well, we're, we're about wrapped up. Um, all right. Uh, I'm excited we got we got still a full uh, slate of stuff to review I think this is only like the fifth episode of the season so we have I've got like five more uh, coming up and I'll let you know what what's coming up so you going to get a get a clue of uh, things but uh, everybody else I don't tell you guys until uh, we're about ready to, to to put it out and everything because uh, things change I say one thing and then of of course it changes to something else. So um, I just, that's just my show. I, you never know what people are going to be able to come on when, you know, and I don't do this way, way in advance. Like I should,
2: you know, (laughs) this is
0: literally coming out in like a couple weeks. So, you know, right now, so there you go. So thank you guys so much for checking this out. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Let us know what you guys think, and um, if you're a fan of Suburbia, let us know.
1: Definitely. Until then,
0: everyone, bye.